0: Hey, welcome back. This is Things Christians Want to Know. And I am Nate Johnstone, here with Paul Anderson. Good day to you. Good day to you, sir. Thank you. Um, it's actually not a great day here. <laughs> it's raining and kind of cold, but but praise God, we needed the rain. So and that's...
1: tomorrow it's planning to snow. I can't believe that I, May. I see that on the weather forecast, <laughs> and
0: I, I think that is that is the meteorologist yes, just messing with us. Someone's fooling us. It is, it is not gonna snow. I, I rebuke that. <laughs> Jesus me. Um, we do apologize. We, we missed last week's podcast. Um, you know, Paul and I do a lot of traveling and, um, sometimes those traveling times coincide in such a way that we don't actually coexist in the same location, um, for very long. And so while Paul was in Detroit, I was in Arizona and, um, so, we didn't get uh, the podcast done last week, so I apologize for that. We're going to try to uh, make sure that doesn't happen in the future, the <laughs> uh, planning a little better. So, that was, that was on me, so I apologize for that. But it's great to have you back with us now, and we are starting a new series, and we'll, this will probably take, go a few weeks, I think, because there's a lot of potential stuff here. Paul, why, yes. don't, you, why don't you intro us on what we're going to talk about?
1: Okay. We're going to call it Fueled by the Future.
0: Mm. So it's about time travel?
1: <laughs> no? It's about hope that brings cope. Mm. Cool. If you got a handle on the future, you've got to hold on time. That's basically what we want to say. And I am holding something. You can see it, Nate. I can. But, uh, others can't see it. It's a crucifix. Mm-hmm. When I was a boy, I asked... Why do the Catholics have Jesus on the cross, and we don't? My dad was a Lutheran pastor, and we didn't have any crucifixes. And the answer I was given was, we believe in the resurrection.
0: Which implies the Catholics do (laughs) not, which is not true. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't.
1: Maybe at that time I thought it was a good answer, but I remember thinking, hmm, I think they do as well. Yeah. So, when I was in Latvia, you've been there, Mm -hmm. I was at the school in Saldus, and every room had a crucifix.
0: I noticed that, yeah.
1: And as I looked at that, it, it, it went deep into my heart. And I prayed more about the sufferings of Christ while I was there. I thought about it more. I thought about the cross more. And I said, hey, you don't happen to have an extra one, do you? And they went and pulled one off the wall, (laughs) and they gave it to me. And I'm very thankful, because now I keep it in my special room. All right, you're good. I think about it often now, because I see it there. As I'm studying, as I'm praying, I look at it, and I think about scriptures related to the cross, like what Paul told the Corinthians when he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I have determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He told the Galatians, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world is crucified to me and I to the world. The center of our faith Mm -hmm. is the cross, and Jesus on the cross. So, it's meant a lot to me, and I've also meditated, especially recently, on the passage in Hebrews 12 that talks about Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, Mm -hmm. disjointed despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God so he didn't enjoy the cross right the cross was torture Certainly. in fact he said in this moment of extreme vulnerability if it be possible mm-hmm. if there's any other way nevertheless not as I will that was the human Jesus
0: yeah, in the Garden of Gethsemane <clears throat> and yeah very human. Yes. It's shockingly human.
1: <laughs> it it moves me when I read, there's mm-hmm. the human Jesus looking, and there wasn't another way, and he surrendered. Nevertheless, not as I will, exactly, but as you will. What and an so, example for us. Oh my.
0: Because how many times have we faced things that we really would rather not go through.
1: Absolutely.
0: But... To say in those moments of extreme pain, vulnerability, and looking at the future, as you said, and knowing that it's going to be unpleasant in in the near future, to still say your will be done and yes. I'll do it, yes. I'll do what you ask me to do. Yeah, that's such a such an incredible moment that we that I'm surprised in a way that it's mm-hmm. in the Bible because it is so vulnerable. I feel the same way. It's like we're peeking behind the curtain. Yes. But that happens several times in the Gospels if you look at if you look for it. It's not just the religious sage Jesus that mm-hmm. we read about. It's the man mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. um, and it's I, I like those moments. Yes, because it makes me feel closer to him. Because he's not just some far off God that I can't see with my eyes. He was a guy mm-hmm. who lived mm-hmm. and struggled like I do, mm-hmm. and so he therefore understands what I'm going through.
1: He understands.
0: And so that was, a, that was a difficult moment, looking forward to the cross, but you said, you quoted that verse, it was, for the joy set before him, so he was looking ahead, mm-hmm. and that's what gave him strength, you think?
1: I think that's our theme, fueled by the future. That future glory that he could see with his Father enabled him to accept the crown of thorns, The beatings, Mm -hmm. the 39 lashes, plus all the beatings he got at the initial trials as well. He was pulverized beyond, probably beyond human recognition, and he endured Mm -hmm. because of the joy set before him. So that's the theme that we want to set out uh, before you listeners for these five podcasts that hope for the future brings cope in the present. Hmm. And when we live with the future in view, the glorious future. Peter didn't get this. When when Jesus started talking about the need to endure and pain and suffering and death, Peter actually took him aside and rebuked yeah. him.
0: <laughs> Peter look out scolded Jesus.
1: Yes. He was going to uh, tell Jesus, no, this shall never happen to you. And I think part of what he was thinking was if it happens to him, it might happen to me too. Mm-hmm. So there was some uh, of Peter even yeah, he, there.
0: I also think he genuinely was like, we'll protect you. We'll give up our lives to protect you if that's what it takes. Yeah. It, yeah. But, but he didn't get it. He didn't get the suffering as part of the deal.
1: But when he did, he really did. Yeah. Because his first letter, 1 Peter, has more words about suffering per verse than any other book in the Bible. Mm. And it starts out giving this theme of hope for the future brings cope for the present when he says, Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who by his great mercy has caused us to be born again unto a living hope. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and to an inheritance that is imperishable, incorruptible, undefiled, reserved in heaven for you, who by God's grace have been kept for a salvation, ready to be revealed in the last times. So we're looking ahead. That's our living hope. Mm-hmm. It's beyond life, it's in eternity. And then he pulls back into time, and says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a season you are in heaviness through manifold trials, that the proof of your faith, being more precious in gold, which though perishable is tried by fire, may redound to praise and glory and honor at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, and though you do not see him now, yet believing in him, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory as the outcome of your faith. You obtain the salvation.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Salvation. Paul did that whole chapter from memory just now, by the way.
1: <laughs> and you know when I learned that? I learned that when I was in Israel as a twenty-six-year-old. Mm. And I went over and over and over and over and over in my mind. And I I love that passage. It means a lot to me. And this whole theme of of fueled uh by the future, it Peter got it. Yep. And he and then in verse thirteen of that chapter he says, Set your hope for fully on the grace that is coming to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We don't set our hope in tomorrow, right. the day after tomorrow. We set our hope in the return of Jesus and the setting up of his kingdom, the coming of the King. That's our living hope. And if we get that down, then we do what Jesus did. He He had the hope before him. We have that same hope.
0: Yep.
1: And, and then, therefore... We
0: are able to endure. Endure and even diffi- even real difficult times. And by the way, when Peter is talking to these folks that he's writing to, and he talks about, quote-unquote, manifold trials and refined by fire and fiery trials. Like, he's literally talking about the fact that Nero, the emperor of Rome, was dipping Christians in tar and lighting them on fire. Regularly. Yes, Regularly. He would light his garden parties with human torches. The the guy was messed up. He was the Antichrist that John talks about. Right? So, at least the earthly and original manifestation of it. And so, these these folks that Peter is writing to are going through very serious trials. Very, very serious. And we all go through serious things. Mm -hmm. But the ones they're going through are really tough. And so... The fact that Peter can, can look at them, metaphorically speaking, can write to them and say, hey, even you, whose uncle got lit on fire last week, and whose children are in danger of not coming home tomorrow because somebody's going to snatch them knowing you're a Christian, even all these things you're going through now, you still have a reason to hope. Yes. And so whatever that reason is that he's giving must be really important. And really powerful, because he is talking to people who are literally facing death. When he says, set your set your assurance on what's to come and on the resurrection, that's because they knew they were going to die, many of them. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, so this was real stuff. This is, I mean, this is hardcore stuff. So this hope that Peter's talking about, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And how much, if it's that important for them, then it's certainly important for us. Yeah, even if we're not literally facing death by persecution next week, um, for the things that we do face, the same hope is certainly sufficient for us. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? I am in full agreement. He and
1: Paul both spoke about our life as not a picnic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a battle. It's war. War is not fun. War is not entertaining. War is serious stuff. And people who go to war know that there are going to be some casualties. Mm-hmm. And so that that takes a sober look at our present realities. And we're not going to enjoy it all. Jesus didn't enjoy the cross, but he endured the cross. And so Peter... In chapter 2, he takes up the theme of the cross again, and he says something very interesting about the cross. He says, in, in verse 21, he says, To this you have been called, because Christ suffered for us, leaving an example that we should walk in his steps. Mm-hmm. He didn't say he suffered so we wouldn't have to suffer. Right. He said, leaving us an example that we should walk in his steps. Mm-hmm. So. Because he died, we die. Because he suffered, we suffer. Life is hard. Once you embrace that, like the grandfather, I love what the grandfather said to his grandchildren, life wouldn't be so hard if you didn't expect it to be so easy. If we understand it's a war, it just got a little easier Mm -hmm. because then we're not thrown off balance. So this wonderful, glorious theme of fueled by the future As our listeners grab on to that living hope of eternity, of the new earth, of exploring this creation as it was meant to be, thinking there, setting our hope fully on that, today just got easier. I can Mm -hmm. handle today. It's kind of like, this week is going to be tough, but I'm looking forward to the weekend. Sure. Or this month is going to be hard, but at the end of it, I'm going on vacation, something right. like that. Yep. I've got something ahead of me. Yeah. What I've got ahead of me, what you've got ahead of me, is eternity, Yeah, is a great eternity and a new earth. So that's our idea here, dear friends, that uh, God wants you to have a hope that doesn't fade. He says it's, it's uh, imperishable. It's, it's not going to rust. It's yeah, not yeah. going to tarnish. It's not going to fade away. It's there. It's absolutely secure. And because of that, today just got easier.
0: That's good. And, you know, if we don't get the house we wanted to have, we have a house. Yes. In heaven. Yes. Uh, I've, I've always liked the concept of thinking of yourself as a missionary who you're not home. Wherever we are, we're not home. This whole world isn't our home. And Paul Paul really rams this home a couple times, that we are, we're aliens, we're sojourners, we're strangers, we're ambassadors, we're missionaries, whatever metaphor you want to use. Yes. We belong to heaven, to God, and we are here temporarily to expand his kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so if the house or the yard or the car or whatever it is, isn't the way we'd like it to be, it's okay. This is temporary. That's right. This house is temporary. Even even the house you plan to live in for your entire life is just temporary. So it, it's it's not that big of a deal. When we don't get the job we wanted, or we lose the job we did want, and have to do mm. something else, you know what? The job we do now is just temporary. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got an eternity ahead of us to look forward to. Um, and there have been times when I've been disappointed in life, where that thought has really helped me. Mm-hmm. That thought that. You know, this is temporary. My, my real house, my real job, my real whatever it is, is in heaven. And I can suffer for now, or I, I, can, I can endure, right? Mm-hmm. That's the word. That's the word he uses. It's, it's a big I word. I can endure mm-hmm. um, anything. And, it, you know, enduring, we always want to be able to endure the big suffering, right? The real trials. But I think sometimes enduring the everyday stuff can be difficult, the monotony of day-to-day work and um, I can suffer through this month to get to vacation is a reality, but it, I don't like suffering through this month. <laughs> that's that's horrible. And yet, I I don't know, it helps me to endure knowing that I'm here mm-hmm. for a reason. And that mm-hmm. reason isn't to just be working every day and getting tired. That That is a consequence. But the reason I'm here is for Jesus and to help other people get to know him better. So I, I try to keep the future in mind. It helps with my present.
1: That's, that's the theme that, that we're wanting to bring home in these sessions. That, uh, Like Paul said, that the present, this, the, the light momentary affliction, see, that's, those yep. are the words he used, light and momentary, are working for us an exceedingly great weight of glory. As we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen.
0: Yeah. Amen. Well, let's pick this up next week. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.